This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear from Whitney Pittman as well. We begin with Harvest Hotline. Harvest Hotline brought to you by the North Dakota Mill, Amity Technology, and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. There's still some corn left in the field in west central Minnesota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Tanner Thompson with Prairie's Edge Ag Service is hauling corn today and says harvest is almost complete near Sabin, Minnesota. Weather has caused delays. What we're kind of seeing right now is a little bit of drizzly weather today, but uh, I would say harvest, we're probably 90% wrapped up. Uh, kind of a little bit of a stretched out, longer harvest. Uh, weather kind of played a factor in there. We had a little bit of snow that... Uh, kind of slowed guys up for a few days and then it's kind of been some drizzly rain and whatnot. Dry conditions meant yields were down some. We've had about an average crop. The the soybeans, we were we were a little bit drier, so a little bit average or below average yields there. But um, corn, I would say across the board, the, the area we serve, we ended up average, I would say, average yields, which uh, moisture uh, average has probably been 18%, which is pretty good. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Rock and roll agronomy owner Jason Hansen's farmers are down to the last two fields of corn. That's in that Devil's Lake Basin area. One that's about 200 acres and one there's only 40 left or acres left in it. They had a breakdown. Some parts are supposed to be here today. And I, I'm, I'm always curious because I got I to gotta soil sample those fields. So I am... I, your goal, my goal is to always be done before it snows or December 1st, whichever comes first. And uh, I'll beat the calendar. We had a little snow that set us back, but it'll be good to be done before December. Hansen says the early season crops were better this year than the later season crops in the basin. We had a pretty good early season crop year considering our lack of rainfall. We, our barley was really good. Our canola was really good. Wheat was kind of middle of the road to better than expected um and then when we got into some later stuff corn and soybeans we were we were just one range short of really you know hitting another 10 bushel on some of the stuff so corn was probably a little below average soybeans were about the same but it is when it doesn't rain what do you do and that's harvest hotline brought to you by amity technology the north dakota mill and ag country farm credit services Beneficial rains fell on a large part of northern Brazil over the weekend, but rainfall was light in the country's largest soybean-growing region, or state of Mato Grosso. World Weather Incorporated says more rain is in the forecast for much of Brazil through the end of the month, but still more will be needed. Argentina is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next couple of weeks, and field work expected to make good progress. USDA's weekly export inspections report uh, showed uh, corn export inspections for the week ending November 16th down 22% from the previous week at 554,000 metric tons. However, that is 11% more than the same week last year. Soybean inspections, 1.6 million metric tons, down 17% from the previous week. It's also 35% less than the same week a year ago. 
Weed export inspections totaling 358,000 tons. That's 61% more than the previous week, 23% more than last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are running 24% ahead of last year's pace. Soybean inspections are down 8% from a year ago, and weed inspections 24% below last year's pace. The Waters of the United States rule is back in the courts. The Biden administration finalizing its WOTUS rule in September after the Supreme Court ruled against the Environmental Protection Agency. 24 states have now filed an amended complaint at the federal court in Fargo, claiming the amended rule violates the Clean Water Act. States also allege the EPA removed the significant nexus text in making wetland determinations without a public comment period. Two other states have filed separate complaints in the U.S. District Court for the South Southern District of Texas. Those states want the uh, WOTUS rule vacated and sent back to EPA. The spread between the two-year and 10-year Treasury bonds has widened. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says this trend has an impact on the general economy. The Federal Reserve, I think, is more worried about the short-term money and the short-term interest rates. And because of that, if the two-year yield continues to go up more sharply than the 10-year, that yield curve is traditionally is known, 210 is the yield curve that most people look at. If that continues to invert more, I think that does help signal a recession. I think it's a pretty good indicator. Um, people like the conference board are also, or NABE also look at that pretty hard in terms of determining recessions. And after the last Federal Reserve Board meeting, Chair Jerome Powell hinted financial trouble may be on the horizon. That's part of the reason why I looked at how the Bloomberg Grain Index is looking against those, and I was surprised to see that negative relationship so sharp. Tells me the commodity funds are on the sidelines. The resolutions process is the highlight of the uh, NDFB annual meeting. Public Policy Director Pete Hannibut said Farm Bureau delegates established the policy for the year ahead. It can be anything from a western issue dealing with cattle grazing to an eastern issue dealing with sugar beets and potatoes. We have a wide variety of topics that are in our book uh, from taxation to production agriculture and it all comes from our members and, and that's why we pride ourselves on being a grassroots organization. Minnesota Farmers Union set their special orders for the coming year at their annual meeting in Minneapolis over the weekend. The orders include ensuring affordable and accessible care in rural Minnesota, protecting competition, investing in climate resilience, addressing the shortage of veterinarians, and passing a comprehensive farm bill. Clean Fuels Alliance America held their annual meeting earlier this month where Jackson County, Minnesota farmer Chris Hill was reelected to that board. Hill is beginning a second two-year term on the board on behalf of the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Farmers Union Climate and Working Lands Program Director Arian, uh, Ariel Kagan says funding approved for soil health programs in the last legislative session is showing high demand. The soil health equipment grants that got additional funding. Um, exciting update on that is that the uh, request for proposals just was closed and they once again were oversubscribed. There was more demand for those funds than there were funds available, which makes for hard decisions. But it's a good sign that farmers are interested in buying equipment that helps them improve their soil quality. 
Kagan also highlighted legislation that creates more transparency in the carbon uh, contracts during her recap to the membership at the Minnesota Farmers Union annual convention. In those contracts, we found confidentiality clauses. Companies who are offering you this contract know what they're offering you and your neighbor, but you're not allowed to talk to your neighbor about it. And we didn't think that that was very fair. And so we worked with legislative champions to pass a, a bill that is now law that uh, outlaws those confidentiality contracts in carbon market contracts in the state of Minnesota. And we think that's really important because we uh, know from other markets that as these markets expand and develop and mature, farmers should be able to talk to each other about what they're engaging in. The Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis Regional Outreach Director Joe Mann discussing regional economic conditions during a webinar. Mann uh, says the webinar shows farmers are in stable condition at a, during a recent study conducted by the Federal Reserve. Bottom line for the survey is that uh, the financial condition of uh, agricultural operations in our region is generally stable. Um, we are seeing falling incomes, but stable financial condition despite those falling incomes. So on a year-over-year -year basis, uh, largest share of respondents told us that farm incomes were down. Um, that's not universal. Some operations still saw their uh, their incomes increase, so it's going to vary by your region and uh, and commodity concentration. Obviously, there's a lot of variation in the region. Spending categories a little bit more stable. Capital expenditures, so purchases of buildings and equipment, uh, those are down. Household spending, consumer spending by farm households, uh, still up on a year-over-year -year basis. And not surprisingly, interest rates up as well for borrowers. Um, and maybe somewhat surprisingly. Um, fairly stable loan demand. So even though incomes are down, haven't seen an increase necessarily, or at least a large increase yet, in demand for loans, uh, for operating loans or other loans from farm operations. And repayment rates are pretty steady as well, despite the decline in incomes and the increase in interest rates. Um, we've seen some increase, continued increase in land values and cash rents as well. Um, and the outlook for 2024 is for a further declines. The Federal Reserve has been aggressively raising interest rates since last year. NDSU Extension Ag Finance Specialist Brian Parman says interest rates uh, can increase without the Federal Reserve's influence, though. For one, there are a lot of other factors in the market, such as uh, Treasury yields and things like that, that influence uh, interest rates more directly, simply because if you, if you think about it, Treasury yields are, are viewed as relatively safe investments. So if those uh, Treasury rates and yields on those increase, then the interest rate that consumers uh, and are, are charged from banks has to increase too because in, in order to for investors to, to buy some of that debt on, on loans, mortgages, those kind of things, they got to be higher than, than what would be the relatively safe investment. And Parman says besides Treasury bonds, there are other factors like economic conditions that play a role in the interest rate movement. One of them is just simply supply and demand for loans. I mean, if there's high demand for to borrow money, for instance, by, by the population or what businesses or whatever, that can drive interest rates higher too because interest rates are kind of the price or the mechanism that sort of rations who, who gets loans and who does not. Uh, in much the same way, uh, if you have a limited supply of anything, uh, the price of it can tend to go up uh, if demand's high enough. Uh, interest rates can do the same the same thing, but there's a limiting factor to that in that the higher rates go, the lower demand gets.
Get the latest farm news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can find those at rrfn.com and most anywhere you get your podcasts. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Lowen and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says there's just not a lot of direction in these grains today. Beans opened the overnight a little bit lower um, with the new president elected in Argentina. Um, it's going to take quite a bit of time, though, you know, for any kind of policies to be enacted. But uh, you know, supposed to be very pro-ag, um, which was a little bit negative to the markets. Uh, really, I think the biggest, you know, news or impact still is going to be South American weather here this week. So, you know, we had some pop-up, what I'd say, surprise rains, uh, you know, pressured the beans in last week. Uh, a little bit more over the weekend, but, man, forecast still looks hot and dry and uh, still some record high temps, it seems like, scoring from now and until the 1st of December. And Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash says this market already has a holiday feel to it. There wasn't a lot of news out over the weekend. We're seeing some rains move into west-central Brazil, some of the driest areas of Brazil, and uh, that leads a little bit negative. If we're looking at the extended models, it looks like we're going to turn back dry. So uh, as of right now, these rains probably trim Brazil's dry area back down to anywhere from 10 to 15 percent. Uh, pretty beneficial, but um, still dealing with a lot of with high temps across most, uh, most of the uh, country of Brazil, Argentina now. Uh, has seen some recent rains. Their weather has improved quite a bit from uh, um, last year. We are seeing more rounds of uh, beneficial rain for them. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. December wheat Minneapolis is down eight and three quarters cents, seven oh six and three quarters. Chicago December wheat down seven and three quarters at five forty three. Kansas City December wheat's down nine and a quarter at six oh eight and three quarters. December corn two cents higher at uh, 468 uh, 469 rather uh, march corn a penny and 3 quarter higher now two higher at 487 and a quarter january soybeans 24 and a quarter higher at 1364 and a half march 23 and a half higher at 1380 in winnipeg january canola $18.50 a metric ton higher at 71570 canadian december live cattle down 22 cents 17552 february is down 17 January feeder cattle dollar forty seven higher at two twenty nine ninety five. March is a dollar sixty higher. December lean hogs are down fifty cents at seventy dollars forty seven cents. February down twenty five cents. Dow Jones Industrial Average is two hundred points higher. We're at uh, thirty five thousand one forty six. Well, thanks for joining us. Have a good afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.